Hello everyone, welcome to Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet, Pat Chat Edition. I'm Violet. And I'm Pat. We have a little bit of a different setup today. We're trying to improve the audio. So let us know in the comments if you think that this sounds better. Today we're talking, or we're going over mm -hmm. viewer comments. So Patrick went up through the comments, found some interesting uh, ideas, comments, uh, questions, questions, whatever. That's like we wanted to go over with you. So we're going to, well, again, I'm, I don't know what we are doing. So you want to pick started? like the, 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 the comments and questions that seem like the most uh, interesting to me and like question and comments that can help other viewers as well. So let's go with a few comments on our first, first bad chat about Julian Michaels. Oh, so, okay. Okay, there's a few comments and a few questions. Uh, some maybe just like need some clarification. So there's there's not there are not all questions. First comment from uh, Lisa Alvarez. For all your talk, I have a hard time believing that Julian actually eat carbs. I suspect that she's basically keto, but that like uh, that her bottom line, her personal narrative, and her corporate sponsors won't allow her to uh, to own her own truth. Um, I'm not so sure about like the fact that she she doesn't eat carbs. I think she does. She probably eat good carbs, but I think she does. Something, <laughs> nothing, nothing to say about that. Well, okay. <laughs> it caught my attention because actually it's like it's like calling her a liar. But I don't think yes. she's keto. I think more like she probably eat carbs, but she eat the good carb, the good carbs. Yeah. So she doesn't eat chocolate cookies, but she's probably eating like vegetables and, and maybe uh, quinoa or like some grains that are good. The uh, thing about I didn't, I didn't check the, her recipe book. Over, so the thing about Jillian Michaels that kind of, and again, I don't know how to answer this this comment because I'm sure I did answer it when, when it was written, oh, yeah, but sure. I, I, I'm not sure what to say here right now because basically if I'm answering the idea that she eats low carb, although promoting high carb the problem or the <laughs> the funny thing about that is it's not a strange marketing thing to do right it's not a strange marketing thing to do to work out excessively but then stand in front of a product and say i ate this way for 30 days and i you know whereas yeah. the person was never overweight <laughs> So it's not a strange marketing thing to do. Am I suggesting that she's doing that? Not at all. I really have no idea what Jillian's way of eating time. is. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't comment on it at all. Do I think from what she's said that she eats mm -hmm. like she does I don't I wouldn't guess that she eats keto, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. But, but would I, I say that she might eat low carb and just not mm -hmm. just not acknowledge that she eats low carb? Because I mean again, what's the definition of low carb? Mm -hmm. Anything under 120, right? Yeah. So like you're saying, if she's eating the good vegetables and that's where she puts most of her energy, she could be doing a low carb lifestyle and mm -hmm. just not announcing that she's doing a low carb lifestyle. But, but I think she does. Like there's a, 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 a also a big difference like between uh, promoting, like you said, promoting high carb. I don't think she's promoting high carb. Like she's promoting a balanced diet. And most, even with our gripes with diet, dietitians and nutritionists, they don't promote high carb. They promote balanced diets. And, but like... In the end, a balanced diet is some probably somewhere like very close to a low carb diet. If you just like eat the vegetables, even if you allow yourself some more some, some more starchy vegetable or a small like serving of quinoa or or better grains, you still can be like in that low carb territory easily. Like so, so I don't I don't think they promote like having a big spaghetti plate with like uh, tomato sauce for for dinner. 
these they're still like salad meat and yeah a little bit of vegetable and more starchy vegetable but like that's my understanding of a balanced diet so I, the thing that I will say is I, I really don't think that that's how they're seeing it balanced diet. I'm sorry. I, I really feel like when they talk about eating bread and eating grain, but he makes sure it's whole grain. I'm sorry. There's no yeah. way that you're eating bread on a regular basis and you're eating a healthy, balanced diet. Your body isn't made for that. Mm -hmm. So like the thing that I want to point out is that <clears throat> whenever you have a, a scenario where you, where you have a professional that's promoting you to eat something that we know is harmful so that they can turn around and either sell you a product or put you on a medication. And I go back to what I was told when I went, um, I, I remember when I went to um, get evaluated for sleep apnea. I'm not sure if I've talked about the story before, but I went to get evaluated for sleep apnea. And what I was told was, oh, your situation, you know, you're kind of on the edge. And so, of course, my, my question was, okay, so what should I be doing? And, well, it was like, well, you could buy the machine and start using the machine now, and for sure your situation will improve. But you're on the edge, so it's okay to keep going forward. And I'm like, well, what happens if I keep going forward? Well, you will get more events. And it's like, well, why would I ever choose that as an option? Why would I choose to have more events? Each event is a possible heart attack. Why would I choose that? But this is the way our system is set up. It's like keep going forward doing the bad thing until you need the medication or until you need the machine, right? And it's like, I mean, on the one hand, I guess it's like buy the machine early, but in that case, it's a machine. It's blowing air into my face. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm taking something that's harmful. Why would I wait for it to get mm -hmm. worse? And this is where I, I was really confused by that, but I feel like it's just because it's the way our system is built. You, you eat the wrong thing and you do it long enough until, oh, it's time for you to take that medication now. Mm. And then you're on the medication, 90% of people want to get off the medication, but we're told, but don't worry, you can still eat these grains and you're going to be fine. Yeah. Just And it's not the truth. And if it's not the truth, why are we saying that? So mm. do I believe that any version of a diet that where you're eating anywhere more than 75 grams of carbs it's per day is a healthy diet? Food. I really don't believe no. so. I do not believe that that's a balanced diet no. or a healthy diet or, yeah. You cannot call that anything that's positive when our body can only manage 20 to stay in ketosis. Mm -hmm. That's where our body's supposed to be. Now, you know what? I can't tell people what to do, though, right? Like, you're going to live your life and you're going to do whatever it is that you feel comfortable doing. All I can say is, after reading more research, after watching more videos of doctors talking about more research that's coming out, after doing more investigation, the more I learn, the more I see, that eating even 30 to 40 grams of carbs can still be detrimental to you. And it's like, it's scary because it's not hard to get to 40 or 50 grams of carbs. It's like no, so easy. Yeah. easy. It's yeah, not real. We can easily get there. Mm -hmm. So this is where I come back to what are we trying to accomplish? In this instance, you're asking, do I think she eats low carb? I don't know. The way that this lady talks, I really don't believe that she even she, fully understands she some of the things that she says. She definitely doesn't think keto is a good idea. So for sure, you for would sure be really she surprised. Like, but yet, you know what? I mean, I can't even say that because I saw her in a video with another keto doctor oh, yeah, right. talking about oh, yeah. keto. So and like, and she didn't seem negative on it. Okay. So and I can't remember which video, which doctor it was. He's a really tall guy. I can't remember which what his name is right now, but I did see that. So. 
I can't even say that I 100% know that she doesn't know that keto is good. I feel like there's a part of me that agrees with this person that her bottom line depends on saying that it's not. Mm-hmm. But, right? Like, yeah. like, am I going to say that out loud? No, because I don't know what her, her market strategy is. I don't know what she does at home. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I can just look at the things she said. I can look at the people that she's aligned herself with and say, do I think that a balanced diet, the way she describes mm-hmm. it, is a balanced diet? I disagree with that. Okay, second comment that you'll find interesting from uh, Linda McNeil. Do we need to eat carbs? You're right, we do not. That's like we uh, you, you, we talked we talked about that before for sure. They can be made. However, it depends on what kind what kind of carbs we are eating. Are we eating vegetable and berries, or are we trying to create an argument for ready to eat cereal? We did a great well, you did a great uh, great job discussing this. I would like I would qualify the common quality carbohydrate carbohydrates whole plants first for the carbs. So my my what caught my attention there is like. In the end, a carb is a carb. Like, is there like, should we go like the extra mile to to differentiate carbs? Like, if you have a budget of twenty-five grams of carbs, like whether it's a quarter or a eighth of a cookie or salad, for sure, there's the question of density, like uh, nutrition density. But how would you respond to that? The thing I want people to think about is the reason that we eat carbs. Because we eat carbs because they taste good. Mm. Every single carb you eat is unnecessary. Mm. Why? Our body makes carbs. And our body makes carbs in such a way that when it's making it, it's making it for a reason because carbohydrates do specific things in the body. Right? I just put mm. a video up about mm-hmm. this. Carbohydrates do a specific thing in the body. So if I know that, then by eating them, I'm giving my body signals that it doesn't need to have, which is why we end up with inflammation, which is why we end up with with all kind of biological abnormalities that when you go back 70 years, we didn't have because we weren't eating the level of carbohydrates that we eat today. So when I talk, when, you know, I used to believe, and I'm not going to lie, I used to believe that there was such a thing as a better quality carb than another because I thought, well, if you're getting micronutrients from it, that gives it value. If you're getting this, you get... If you eat any animal nose to tail, you get everything you need. There really isn't a reason to eat carbs. So, all of that being said, if you're going to eat carbs, go for the least glycemic vegetable yeah. you can get, right? Now, am I going to say that eating a, one particular type of lettuce is a better source of carbohydrates than a specific type of cheese or a specific type of nut. The carb is the carb. Like it, mm. it doesn't matter. In your body, in it's end. being converted. Yeah. It's it's being utilized in a way that is, at the end of the day, your insulin is going to be spiked. your insulin is getting <laughs> raised <laughs> yeah. and right. Yeah. So your body is being forced to do something with that. You know, I'm sitting here. I'm thinking to myself, like, what would be a good comparable example? And it's like, you know what? If you have a budget every week for entertainment. But you, this week you're looking and there's just nothing playing in the theater and there's, you know, no, nothing that you really feel like going to do. Does it mean you still need to spend the 500 or the 50 bucks, whatever, right? If your budget is 50 bucks per week, like, do you just spend it because you have it to spend? Or would you look at that and go, oh, okay, this week I guess I'm not going mm-hmm. out because I can't, right? So just because I have a budget for something doesn't mean I should be using the budget, right? You use the budget for the thing if it makes sense. I see so many times where, because I have 20 grams of carbs, I'm eating right up to that edge of 20 grams of carbs, and 
For some people, that doesn't work. For some people, your threshold might be 13. Your threshold might be six. The thing is, how are you gonna know what your threshold is if you're eating for flavor, you're eating, so you're eating for taste, rather than eating for how you feel? When I'm eating my meal, if I feel satiated, do I keep eating? No, I stop, right? Why? Because it makes sense. I'm encouraging everybody, rather than eat a meal based on taste solely, I, it, I want it to taste good because I want you to eat this way forever, okay? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, just because those carby things on the plate taste good, doesn't mean that it should be your sole focus. Those carby things taste good, yes, they encourage you to eat the meal. Make sure that you get those proteins and fats in, because that's what's going to build your body. Those carby things are for fun. In the end, Lynn does right, because like five grams of carbs coming from broccoli, like it's still better for your body than five grams of carbs coming from ice cream. We know that it's going to spike your insulin, but like you still get the nutrients and like it's, it's, a, it's a better, still a better quality food to put in your body, although the end result will be the same. So what I would say there is the only thing that makes it better to come from the broccoli than to come from the ice cream is that along with the five grams of carbs you're getting from the ice cream, there's likely other chemical stuff mm -hmm. in that food that's going to be harmful to you. So that's why I would say mm -hmm. that it's better. But at the end, of, but then going backing up from that, what I'm really trying to help people to pay more attention to is rather than trying to figure out which place can I grab these carbs from, think about satiety. When I eat my meal, I want to feel satiated. And if putting some broccoli or putting some kale mm. or putting some, what other vegetable can it, cabbage? Put, like, put, I'm trying to think of other vegetables mm. that are like, even if you put some potatoes, I mean, honestly, if you put five grams worth of potato, so five, five grams worth of carbs mm. of potatoes, if you can manage potatoes, my point is, if that's gonna help you to eat the meal, be content with the meal, and be able to walk away saying, I had my fill and I'm good, that's what makes that five grams worthwhile. Mm. The difference, and, and this is a thing that I got from Dr. Berg, and it makes so much sense to me in the beginning. And so this is the difference between someone who's been doing keto for a few months and someone who's been doing keto mm. for a few years. In the beginning, when you eat that five grams of carbs from potato, there's no way you're gonna be satiated. Mm. You're not. That's like what, six yeah. six french fries or like a half of a baked potato? Oh, yeah. Like maybe a quarter well, of a baked potato? Point, yeah. You're not gonna be satiated. Hmm. However, if you eat that five grams of carbs from a salad or that five grams of carbs from broccoli, or the amount you get to eat is so much hmm. more, it helps you to feel like you had a full meal. But fast forward to today, I'm trying to think of a small vegetable that I could eat because I can't eat potatoes because they're nightshades. But if you would put a small vegetable in front of me that that the carbs added up fast. Peppers. Red peppers. Oh, red peppers. Like had, well, they're still nightshades. No, peppers. they're still nightshades. Oh, okay. But like any vegetable that you could put in front of me where the, the carb count adds up fast so I'd only get to eat a small amount and I get to eat my, my regular amount of meat, I'm still satisfied. Mm. Right? I do it often where I have no vegetable on my plate. I just have my meat because that's what I wanted today. But the thing is that you can be satisfied with that when you start to recognize that those vegetables are giving you fun. 
mm. not nutrients. And like, well, they're, I mean, of course, some of them are giving you nutrients, but they're giving you more fun than if I were to eat some liver or eat some other parts of the, of the animal, I could get those minerals that I would get from the vegetables. So all that being said, I do agree. If you're going to eat five grams of carbs, eat the vegetable, not the ice cream. That's a hundred percent. There's chemicals. Yeah. But the flip side of the coin is if you're going to eat 20 grams of veg because you think that's what you're supposed to do, you're not understanding what the diet is really mm. about because it's about getting your carbohydrates low, the lower the better, because mm. you don't need them. Like the, the main thing here is you don't need yeah. them. They are an extra. And the same way that you wouldn't just go spend the 50 bucks on a movie that you didn't care about because well, I have the money to spend. Don't spend car mm -hmm. your carbs on food that is unnecessary. But again, you know what? If you want really to eat that ice cream and you organize your day around being able to eat that ice cream and you eat that five, and I don't know how much that's going to be, like two <laughs> tablespoons, but whatever it is, if you're able to eat that ice cream and be satisfied and go like, wow, I'm happy I ate the ice cream, mm. do it. Yeah. I'm just suggesting that you try to be careful not to do it repeatedly because. Okay, next comment. Tommy Saya, somebody tell me where do you get your potassium? 4,700 uh, milligrams per day. So it's, it's true, that's a lot. It is. And, and it's, so it's potassium good. is one of those things that for sure, avocado, it's a great place yeah. to get potassium. Not everybody likes to eat avocado every day. I happen to like to do that, but mm. not everybody does. Um, the other place that you can get potassium even though it's not the best place, you can get it in supplements. Mm -hmm. So that's another possibility. But guess what? Again, we're going back Salad. to the whole carb thing, right? Most vegetables, if you choose your vegetable well, you're also going to get potassium. So the leafy greens, the leafy greens most of the leafy yeah. greens have a good amount of potassium in them. So it's and just a matter of like doing your research. Bananas, no, not true. Not, <laughs> not true, that no, much. No. Bananas are the worst place to get yeah. your potassium. But but the thing is, is that if you just do your research, you can find um, vegetables, like leafy mm -hmm. green vegetables. That, most of the ones that are really dark green seem to have a good amount of potassium in them. Um, 4,700 milligrams. I mean, the truth is most of us don't get what we're supposed to get on a daily basis. We're doing better. I think if you're doing a ketogenic lifestyle where you do include some vegetables, some leafy green vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact, any any diet that you're doing is if you're eating a lot of leafy green vegetables, you should be getting a good amount of potassium. So mm -hmm. I'll just say that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, is there any other vegetable or any other place that, I mean, that we could get potassium? Mm -hmm. Do you think of anything else? I'm trying to think. Those, those are the two that leafy, come to my mind. Yeah, leafy greens, definitely. I think maybe Brussels sprouts, all those little like smaller. Oh, you sure. know what? The other thing you can do. You can find maybe a list of uh, high potassium. Yeah. Just Google it. You can it. look it up. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing that you can do is cream of tartar. If you can if you can manage the taste of that, I, again, I can do it. So putting a little bit of that in whatever drink you happen to be drinking, cold drink usually works better because it's a bit fizzy. Like mm. it's, so if you put in something a bit fizzy, it's good. Um, and also my favorite um, supplement for, and I'm not sponsored. I'm just saying it a lot. This is when I, mm. um, I, I have tried Zip Fizz, but I actually prefer, um, oh, no, I'm going to forget the name, yeah. Vega, Vega Sport. Sport. <laughs> yeah, the Vega Sport, I find it's... Um, it just tastes nice mm -hmm. and you can put it in a bubbly water and it yeah. just it just tastes really good like that so yeah good source yeah but sometimes i will um, add a little bit of extra potassium to that because it's not the highest in potassium so i will add a little extra cream of tartar that's why i'm saying i do drink cream of tartar but we've googled before like if you just like google for high uh, high potassium vegetables Oops. like you're gonna like, try to avoid the fruits obviously there's some fruits that are high in potassium um, but okay. don't avoid avocado. That's don't avoid that. Yeah, yeah, avocados are good. 
Um, okay, Miss Tabby, nineteen sixty-three, had an interesting comment that actually we we, we won't have much to say, but like it, it really, I think somehow keto should be. Uh, okay. I've been keto two years and stick to a piece of protein, animal fats, and garnish of fresh fresh above ground veg for my two two meals daily. No keto bars, shakes, cakes, breads, whatsoever. Uh, all read, like always, read the ingredient on the back of the packet that um, that professes to be keto low carb. You will invariably get a shock to see that they're not like we're also the yeah the ingredient, the hidden sugars and stuff. But like I did find interesting because like piece of meat, fatty meat, veggies, leafy greens. It's all like there is to basically. It's all there is to keto. Like may, I may add some nuts, but like uh, I feel yeah. Like the thing about eating a ketogenic lifestyle that, that that bothers people when you first start. So again, I feel like when you've been doing it for a few years, it bothers you less because you're not chasing food. But I feel like the thing that bothers people at the beginning is the fact that all the fun things that you used to eat, the chocolate bars, the chips, the candies, um, oh my gosh, I, I, I've been watching, you watch a lot of people and they're chasing down like keto candies, trying to find those perfect candies that taste like cereals, trying to find replacement cereals. And I find the thing about that is that it's that mindset that I'm still trying to live the standard American standard Canadian diet, but on keto and not recognizing that they're incompatible diets, right? Like it's, it's like trying to be a bodybuilder, but never working out. It, it's not going to happen, right? You either no. want to be a bodybuilder and you're going to work out or you're mm. going to be a regular person and you're not going to work out. Like it, it's, they're incompatible. And I feel like this is the same thing. If you want to eat all those snacky things, then that's still living a standard American diet, standard Canadian diet way of living. And eventually, at least from my experience, I watch a lot of people online. I'm not mm -hmm. going to name anybody right now because I'm not trying to call anybody out. But I see a lot of people that they're keto and then they're not keto and then they're keto and then they're not keto and they're struggling with their weight and they're struggling. But then when you look at how they do keto, they're doing keto, but with every single bar, shake, candy, mm -hmm. like re every replacement thing you can possibly think about their eating and it's like do you realize that you're keeping your mindset around sweet mm -hmm. so of course eventually you fall off because your mindset is still around sweet how would it be different if you allowed yourself to eat healthy food to fuel your body and kept those 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 treats as treats you know i'm not saying never eat a bar ever again i mean i think that'd be ridiculous for me to say that never eat a ice cream or never i'm not saying that what i'm saying is how will things be different if you're eating those things once every month or once every two months rather than having them be part of your weekly plan would you be falling off as often as you're falling off because these people are falling off right because that's sweet so the cephalic system kicks in and you just you want it even though what you're eating is keto so there's no real sugar it tastes like sugar and your brain can't tell the difference, right? Remember, these artificial sweeteners, we created them. They did not exist a thousand years ago. Our body doesn't know how to differentiate them from real sugar. You taste that flavor, your body automatically is going into processing, putting away sugar because it thinks sugar is coming, right? This is when it's in your mouth. This is the part of the story that people don't understand. And then when you're chasing sugar, real sugar afterward, because you're not that far away from eating those mm -hmm. things, you don't understand why. I'm trying to help people to understand that that's why. I know, I sound like Debbie Downer. I know it, I know I do. But if you want to be healthy, if you want to engage 
with your body in a way that you're creating the healthiest possible body for 20 years from now, you need to understand that sugar is not helping you and artificial sweeteners are not helping you. So therefore, a lot of these keto snacks, and I say snacks because I want you to pay attention. If I'm, if I'm looking at it as a keto snack, I'm going to snack on it, which means I can, I'm allowing myself to have it any day. I want everyone to see all of those items as keto treats. You don't take your kids out for ice cream every week, right? Not even, you, you probably do that like once a month, mm-hmm. once every other month. Why? Because if you do it every week, then it's a snack, right? It's just a regular part of the, the weekly routine. You keep it as a treat. It makes it special, but it also helps them not to be overweight. But for ourselves, then we're taking these keto treats and we're treating them like, like they're mm-hmm. an everyday food. They're not, right? There's something you keep for once in a while. Mm-hmm. And who's Divi Dhamma? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, a funny comment, actually. <laughs> I enjoyed this format, but the guy didn't have much to say. It just seemed to be sitting back and listening mostly. Uh, maybe a little more, more back and forth would work better. So let us know in the comments <laughs> if it's something that improved. <laughs> the, like the between uh, the first video and now, maybe we'll come back. You talk a lot more, so I, I feel like yeah. I don't know if it's an improvement, but you seem to be talking more. Comment from Dart Shady Levelan: uh, If someone is an emotional eater, then it surely is a psychological or emotional issue like trauma. I heard Richard Grannon talk about something similar a few months back. Uh, You were saying about being thin and healthy. That is me. I look healthy because I'm thin and people think thin equal healthy. So the emotional eating part that I will say, okay, so that the idea that if we are emotional eaters, therefore we had to have had some trauma. I wouldn't say it's an absolute connection. Yes, there are people who are emotional eaters and have lived a lot of trauma. And then there are other people who are emotional eaters, but if you look at their life story, you don't really see a lot of trauma. Now, does it mean <laughs> you think yourself? Okay. Yeah. Does it mean that does it mean that there really wasn't any trauma, or is it that they just hasn't they haven't verbalized the trauma? That's mm-hmm. a possibility. So, like you know, like there's always that possibility that the person isn't seeing something as traumatic. Although if they would tell it to me, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's something, <laughs> right? And that's happened oftentimes in my office where you know, I've known someone for months and months and then they say something and it's just like, okay, probably we should talk about mm-hmm. that. So, but I just feel though that there are other reasons that people can become emotional eaters. So the thing that I see that I feel causes people to emotionally eat that doesn't have anything to do with trauma is coming from a household background where food was used as a a reward coming from a background system where every time you were sad you were given food or every time you were did something good you were given food so those are not situations where you're being traumatized by the food it's just that this is the mistaken idea of the parent that Mm -hmm. this is the way to help the child over something Well, but they don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to throw the parents under the bus. I'm just saying because they don't know, they do this behavior. But then at the end of the day, it's not helping the child to accomplish what you would hope the child would accomplish, Mm -hmm. right? Which is to be healthy and to to be able to make good decisions about their food. So I agree. I I, I do see the possibility that there could have been trauma. But I also want to just point out there's there's other reasons Mm -hmm. that that could be happening. And what about healthy Colton? Not necessarily. Well, okay, so that. of course, and, and sh- if I remember correctly, it does go on to talk a bit more about that. Is there more that you want to mm. read there? Okay, you were saying about 
being uh, thin and unhealthy, and that's me. I look healthy because I'm thin, and people think thinning out equal healthy. But I'm sorry, but I'm not okay. But I'm not. I like to I like to use uh, camellia oil uh, a lot because it has omega three and six, and that helps me retain the healthy fats. I've learned that our bodies know. They might not know all the best solutions, but our bodies tells tell us when something is not good for us, not healthy for our body, and it tells us with low energy, with loss of hair, with illness, it tells us that something is not good for us. That is something I've come to I've come to rely on. Aside from consulting my nutritionist. Okay. So the yeah. interesting thing there, and I'm actually happy that the nutritionist is actually looking at that information and mm. feeding it back to her. So I, I'm making the assumption that this is a nutritionist that understands um, low carb lifestyle. Mm -hmm. The thing that I find interesting there is that, and I so I'm I'm she said that she doesn't think her body knows, but I'm going to disagree with that little part. Your body actually does know. That's why your hair is thinning. That's why your mm -hmm. your body gives you signals when you're not healthy, right? Like, because it starts mm -hmm. to malfunction. And if you pay attention to the malfunctions, then you'll start to know that, okay, something is wrong. Mm -hmm. So our body does know. This is what's interesting is that we have, because we're human, we have this ability to override our body trying to do something. You know, animals are very predictable. They eat certain things. Right. And if you want to try to like, the only way you can get an animal to eat what it's not supposed to eat is to deprive it of food altogether. Dogs eat kibble because we won't let them eat fresh meat. But if you give the dog an option between fresh meat and kibble, guess what it goes for? Every time mm -hmm. it goes for the meat. Right. It knows that that's what it's supposed to be eating. Mm -hmm. So we have that ability to override and we don't need to be in a situation where we're deprived to override it. Fun food tastes fun. Mm. And we override for that. All I'm suggesting, and I, I feel like her, her comment, she kind of points us towards, we can override for so long, our body starts to tell us that we're making a mistake. So the truth is I could be sitting here in front of you at this weight, but very unhealthy. I could be. I could be eating all the wrong foods because we know. We used to think it was unfair that there would be all these people that just could eat whatever they wanted to eat and be thin. And, and we used to think, how unfair is that? But now you, I look back, I'm thinking like, you know what? If I was eating whatever I wanted and was thin, would I have figured out everything I figured out now and be at a good weight and healthy? Probably not. Mm -hmm. it, like, it's always important for us to recognize that it's better to be healthy than to be thin. Matter of fact, I'll even take that a step further. How many people that we see who are thin and it's clear they're not healthy. They don't eat, right? Mm -hmm. So is that better? No, right? Would I want to walk around hungry all the time, feeling weak, feeling tired, just to look thin? No, we want to be healthy, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I, I can't stress this enough. I feel like I, I, every video that we do, I'm saying it, we want to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Do the thing that helps your body to work better. So. I agree that it's possible to look healthy, be healthy, and I, I mean even that word I'm going to jump on for a second. Is it because I look thin that I look healthy? And that's not even true. Sometimes you see thin people, they've got bags under their mm -hmm. eyes, they, they, they don't have the greatest posture, yeah. you know, they walk super slow. You can tell that that person yeah. isn't healthy, mm -hmm. right? But we're still lusting after it because they're thin, mm -hmm. you know? I look at some of those football players that they're, they're massive, 
they're running on that field and they're they're doing they're jumping over people and i'm just you know what in my mind that person's much healthier than that skinny person who can't mm -hmm. barely move over their body because at least you're running and jumping and moving and right we need to reevaluate our definition of what healthy is and i'm not suggesting everybody should go out there and be you know a 300 pound football player my point is we need to reevaluate what we're calling healthy because if i can move my body and do all the things that i want to do feel good have no inflammation feel amazing does it matter if i'm if i'm weighing more than what is typical for my height that's the question if my body is actually functioning well there's no metabolic markers everything is good and this is the thing right now we have to ask that question right because i think that we get so caught up on again fun foods we get so mm -hmm. caught up on fun foods that we we miss the real important things there so apparently that was the last comment for this video. Yeah, I, I definitely want to hear from you guys. I This kind of format I like mm -hmm. because I feel like it would be great for us to talk about the things that you're bringing up because, mm -hmm. again, we only make these videos because we're trying to give you good information. So please, in the comments, I'd love to see you guys talk, say more about things you'd like to hear me talk mm -hmm. about, like Patrick and I talk mm -hmm. about. And uh, yeah, we'll bring you more of those kind of videos. I'm going to let you know that we have a Patreon account. So it's Patreon slash Violet Rivera. If you'd like to contribute to production of some of these videos, feel free to go there and check it out. I want to thank you guys. No, I want to ask you for subscribing. <laughs> subscribing and hitting the bell. <laughs> I, I, can, I can never remember to ask for subscribers. Please, if you are not already a wellness warrior, consider subscribing. We mm -hmm. make these videos, like I said, every week. I want to thank you for watching Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet, Patch Hat Edition. Thanks for coming by. Goodbye.